improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I'm joined by Dr Aaron Morris who is a chiropractor who practices in Barcelona, Spain and he's also part of the team with Pat McMahon who teach the Centropy Chiropractic Training Programs around the world. It's a phenomenal program that I'd encourage you to check out if you want to upgrade your adjusting skills, your analysis skills, your overall ability to deliver on the promise of chiropractic. So make sure to check out their details in the show notes. Aaron has had a really interesting journey from through his chiropractic career, which I think you'll find really intriguing and you'll learn a lot from it. He shares a whole lot of ups and a whole lot of downs that have been part of his journey and so I think there's a lot to unpack in this episode. Vismai and I have our Grow Your Tribe workshop coming up on the 27th of August in Brisbane so check out the link in the show notes. Really phenomenal program where we bring together our different perspectives around the same topic of what it takes to grow a high retention practice and so we break it down in terms of strategies you can go away and use straight away we look at it through kind of the macro lens of the rhythm of your practice over a year how you can create different touch points to make sure that people are engaged in your practice and also the micro the things that you can say the things that you can do that create connection and communicate individualized value so really great program I hope you to see you there there are there is an early bird price available until the 11th of August so I'd encourage you to check it out and register today so with that out of the way please welcome to the podcast Aaron Morris hey Aaron great to see you hey Martin thanks for having me thanks so much for coming on this feels like we had uh, a few competing calendars to get something to happen, so I really appreciate you uh, shuffling things around and making it work. It only it only took us three months to to get on the calendar, so I think <laughs> we're good. We're good. We are good. All right. So I know it's morning time for you, and it's evening for me. So this is probably more your question than mine. But what sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I listen to your podcast regularly and I'm like, yeah, whenever I'm going to be on that, this is going to be the most boring answer. I'm not a big coffee guy, man. I'm not. Um, my girlfriend is, has gotten me into coffee somewhat, but I'm not really that into it, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. I feel like this. we've now opened up this whole uh, scope for you, me to enhance your life. The next time we get together, <laughs> we'll be going on like a complete coffee tour a flight of different coffees but yeah all right well that sounds good i think that maybe we should just end the interview right now <laughs> yeah just no i'm sure there's uh everybody else will be just mentally calculating just how much more exciting everything else would be if you added vitamin caffeine into the mix but uh, yeah exactly awesome exactly. So, now, you are a practicing chiropractor in Barcelona, and you are also one half of the amazing Syntropy, or I guess one third. I'm not sure how do you define it. You're, you're a big part of Syntropy. So 
tell me what's the influence that you're trying to have in all the things that you're doing in the world? Um, oh, I would through chiropractic. It's it's been a very lifelong passion, you know, and it's just really helping people wake up, get connected, uh, live a healthy, healthy life, you know, as best they can. And um, and then after having been very obsessed about that my whole life, pretty much since I was 18. Um, and I started getting really cool results in practice. And I think in about 10 years into practice or so, uh, Patrick McMahon, the other duo, the other half of Centropy, and our very, very close friends in Barcelona. And, uh, and we got together and started teaching seminars to these, um, the Barcelona chiropractic students. And from there, Centropy was kind of born and it just slowly grew very organically. And it's, it's gotten much, much bigger right now. And so um, the whole point of that, what is our influence? Our influence is to help create the best adjusters on the planet. And uh, if you hear that, it may sound a little arrogant, like, oh my God, who are you guys to train the best adjusters on the planet? But it's not really that at all. It's just helping chiropractors master their adjusting game, no matter what technique they do or what structural approach they have. It's really taking this sort of path of mastery approach um, yeah. so that when they are with their people, they can get the best results possible and just have the most success they can have. Yeah, actually, I mean, as you know, I've been to a number of Centropy um, seminars and we've had Pat on the podcast previously, but it, when you say that, it's the one of the things that I would absolutely say is that it's a very humble approach, that you're not saying we're creating the best adjusters on the planet as some uh, boastful thing. You're saying, no, we're on this path of mastery of, of actually taking the uh, adjustment, taking your adjusting skills incredibly uh, seriously of having that almost that sort of martial arts or any other sort of physical performance saying, well, if you were uh, Bruce Lee or Michael Jordan or any other person who was seeking mastery, you wouldn't just do an entry level uh, learning of a skill and then just do it when you needed that skill. You would be putting in a structured approach to leveling up your skills the whole time and deconstructing it and looking and getting feedback on performance and all those sort of things. And I think that's one of the things that I really think you guys with Centropy have done an amazing job of encouraging people to look through that lens of it is a physical act and there is there's a psychomotor skill that you need to develop and a feel and there's that art side of it and bringing that if it is if you want it to have that undeniable experience that uh the full potential of the adjustment the better you're able to deliver that the more likely you are to be able to help more people live those healthier happier lives so yeah it's i definitely mm -hmm. no i would uh, completely say it's not a boastful thing in the way that you do it it's almost the, the opposite it's this humility of we've got this we've been given this amazing gift let's have the humility to say well i'm not perfect at it just right out of the gate yeah exactly yeah and, and there's just there's a lot there martin and one of the things is um, we love having you and other chiropractors who've been doing this for a long time. I think you told me before we started, it's 33 years, right? Yeah. In practice. Yeah. And uh, it's so cool having people like you that have been doing it. You've had great success. You have associates. You could just coast if you wanted to right now. And you don't. And you go and you play full out at these seminars. Every time I've seen you, I think you've been to like five Century B seminars. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. it's cool. So I just, I love it. We love training people like you. 
Yeah, and I guess so in terms of that influence, like it, I can see in the time that I've been connected with you guys that there's a real growth and excitement about the the events that you're doing and you're expanding that out um, and you, you seem to be introducing I guess sort of nuances to it each time I've done I've done a number of the seminars a couple of times and each time I go back you're tweaking it and upgrading it and those sort of things. Um, so in terms of sort of moving forward, is the intention to keep uh, sort of developing that model or do you have other things that you're bringing into the Syntropy uh, sort of program? Yeah. So you mentioned and you summarized it very um, effectively. Like what, what it is, is it's breaking down the, the first principles of masterful adjusting. So what Patrick and I both did, we're very, we tend to be very obsessive compulsive in our own special ways. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we're, we connect very, very much, but we're very different. And so we obsess about different things. And so we talk about how chiropractic is an inch wide and a mile deep, you know, and you can't really get bored with it because there's just so much depth to it. And so, um, yeah, we are always like every time we finish the seminar, we get together, have a couple of beers and go, what worked, what could have been better, what didn't work well, and how can we basically, how can we influence people more and how can we be more effective in what we're teaching? So yeah. that's why you say every time that you come, things are a little bit different, things have evolved. And we've, um, one of the big things is, we had this dinner with a, a guy in the States, this guy, uh, um, Baron Hoyk, he, he's, he's part of the um, chiropractic one or one, one chiropractic and yeah. uh, helping defend chiropractic rights. And I, you know who he is, right? Yeah, yeah. The chiropractic, I think out here, it might be the chiropractic defense CDC. Council. Yes. Council. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, we had a good conversation with him and he, he just said, well, what's your guys' big vision? And I said, well, we want to transform the profession. Well, how, you know, we want to create the best adjusters. And he goes, what are you having a hundred people at your seminars, 150 people at your seminars? There's 80,000 chiropractors out there. How are you going to do that in your lifetime? Mm -hmm. And it really made us go, okay. Made us rethink things. And uh, from that conversation, we realized like we need to do something a little bit different. And that's mm -hmm. where the Centropy Online Academy was born. Yeah. And so it's a support for when you come to a live seminar to be able to get on and, um, you know, go through and have that backup support and modules that break things down for you and, uh, and make it easy, make it step-by-step step and make it real easy. And there's coaching calls and all that kind of stuff. This is not a commercial for that. It's just the, it's the, well, um, eventually we're going to open that to the profession at large because we yeah. think that that's going to be a great way to reach, reach more yeah. chiropractors. One thing, just this might be a little bit off topic, but one of the things um, I was really struck with was last, the beginning of last year, I did the Citropy seminars that one of the the um, remote ones where you know just travel between because of the whole COVID thing, travel for you guys out to Australia or for us to Europe or US or wherever, it just really wasn't practical and went to that seminar and I think I had a prejudice in that I was looking at it going, how can you do a, te a technique seminar, you know, not live, but, you know, I knew you guys and I knew that you wouldn't be doing things if it wasn't going to be effective. So I thought, I'm going to go along and even if it's like 60% or 50% as much impact as previous seminars, then it's going to be worth the weekend. But it was phenomenal. And I think one of the things that it made me realise is that it's not really one or the other. There's not, yes, there's a value to being in a group of characters, but we had that. We were in a group here 
Uh, and, you know, I think you guys did the heavy lifting doing the, the crazy time of day, whatever it was in Barcelona. But it was actually really interesting because you use a lot of technology in the program in terms of filming so that you do almost that high performance sport breakdown of people's adjusting in the same way as you would if you were doing a golf swing or uh, any other sort of sports analysis, you're looking at that um, in a, a whole lot of uh, detail and slow motion, all those sort of things. It actually was, I thought, an amazing experience to do remotely. And I could see then when you launched the Academy earlier this year, yeah, this is another way of leveraging that technology to maintain that high touch aspect that you have with the in-person seminars, but then layering on top of that a high tech approach so that we get the benefits of both. So yeah, definitely, I think uh, you guys have done an amazing job there. I think really impressive. It came, it, it was a, uh, a difficulty that became a blessing. It was, um, COVID happened. We had a very big group in Perth. It was our first time we were heading to Perth. And I think we had 70 or 80 people signed up for the seminar. And and uh, there's a guy, Roberto Monaco, you know, Roberto, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And and we had a, um, a seminar set up where he was going to come to Barcelona and teach us the public speaking communication stuff. And, um, and he was like, I can't travel. We got to do this virtually. And... I was like, ah, virtually, okay, we'll give it a shot. And it was him and being at his virtual event, that, and so that was in July, and our event was scheduled for August. And it was that event that inspired us to go, we can do this. Like, we, yeah. we can do this. I, I think we slept like five hours a night leading up to that event. And then it was, yeah, waking up at <laughs> two in the morning. We, were, we worked so, so hard. We were so nervous for that. And we, we pulled it off. Unfortunately, we pulled it off. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me, you you don't sound like you've got much of a Spanish accent there. What what tell us about the journey? What influenced you to get into, into chiropractic in the first place? Where where did this whole journey start? So I was born in California. Um, and my family got into chiropractic because my mom had migraine headaches. I was thinking about being like a, a sports doctor, a physiotherapist, and I, I just didn't know. I'd done sports my whole life, and that's all I could really kind of relate to. I want to be a sports doctor. Yeah. And then uh, my mom had this cool experience through chiropractic, and that inspired me to look into it. And then I was pretty young. I was 18 when I decided to go ahead and be a chiropractor. Um, and then it's just I, I was fortunate enough to have a very cool – that first chiropractor became my role model. Um, he's just a very vitalistic chiropractor, a very powerful guy, super – just a loving human being. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot hanging around with him and just decided to get into, into chiropractic. And so I, I did all my prereqs and got into school when I was 20, went to Life West and uh, have just been very, very full, full on dedicated to chiropractic. I mean, every weekend I was doing a set, an adjusting seminar or some sort of communication seminar or something. I was just really inspired by it. And uh, yeah. it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. It's been 20 <laughs> years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then you graduated from Life West, and did you practice in the States or did you go straight to Europe or what was the journey there? I went to, so I went to Nicaragua and yeah. uh, I, I went to Nicaragua because I was on a mission trip there. And the guy running the um, events, I won't name names because it didn't turn out <laughs> that well, the story, but he asked if I would open a practice um, in Nicaragua because he saw that I was, spoke some Spanish and I was, um, I was learning Spanish when I was in school and yeah. I had some friends from Spain and they became very, very close friends. So 
he saw that I spoke some Spanish that I was pretty driven and he thought, okay, maybe this guy will be into it. So he said, why don't you open a clinic for us in Nicaragua, spend two years down here, get it, get it rolling. And then every six months we'll bring a new chiropractor in. Yeah. And so I said, yep, I'm in. And uh, I went there and made it about three months. And then he pulled the plug on the project and I was still <laughs> down there. I was still down there and I just said, screw it. I'm here. I have my astrolite, I have my portable table. And I just rented a space and, and went for it. And, uh, and it was so, Martin, it was crazy. My Spanish was horrible. It was very, very basic. But I found myself just saying yes to being a yes. And yeah, these situations, like opportunities opened up and these doors opened up. I was standing up there speaking for 300 police officers and a big group of medical doctors. Just very, very basic Spanish. So finally, I was just like, oh, I just saw no one was really getting it. And I was just as they wouldn't. And then uh, I just had, had to just come up front and just started adjusting people. And it, uh, it was, it was great. And so I started this practice. It got very, very busy, very fast. And uh, I stayed for another three months. And then I was like, no, nah, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Um, charging one, $1 an adjustment, charging one, I think it was $2. It was $3 an adjustment and $2 if they bought a package. So it was, uh, I wasn't going to pay my student loans. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because I'm picturing if this is like 15, 20 years ago in Nicaragua, that would have been a uh, pretty rocky time in Nicaragua, not a, a, not a thriving economy, I'm guessing. No, 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 not thriving at all. Very, very poor. One of the poorest countries, uh, definitely one of the poorest countries in the, in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was quite the experience. And uh, I, my dad came and visited me at, towards the end there, and, and I was just... You know, when the universe it starts, it starts tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, it might be time to make a change. And then you don't listen to it and it starts speaking a little bit louder. And so you just better listen. I was having all kinds of crazy stuff happen. And it was gotten to a big car accident, totaled the car. Someone broke into my house and just weird stuff. And it's, I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So where'd you go after Nicaragua then? So I went to, um, I went back to the States. I was kind of lost. Didn't really know what I was going to do. And uh I went back to my parents' house in Redding, California, Northern California. And, um, and Jay Kamarek was one of my big mentors at the time. I, I don't know if you know Jay. But yeah. So did you maybe want to explain? Because I, I think there's probably a lot of people yeah. who don't know who Jay is. So Jay Kamarek is, is, well, he's probably the most famous animal chiropractor in yeah. the world. He's very, very, very well known for adjusting horses and animals. Um, they made a documentary about him called uh, Life Adjusted. You guys, anyone listening to this, go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's free now. Um, they released it free to the public. And it's called Life Adjusted. And it goes through and shows the life of this guy. And, and it is so impressive and so cool. Um, and it shows how he goes through and adjusts these horses that have been through trauma. And, and it, it's amazing. I really recommend you watch it. Um, and he was my big mentor. And he, I ended up going to my, my parents' place in California wasn't sure what I was going to do. Met up with a friend who was like, hey, what are you doing? I said, I don't have any plans at all. He goes, you ever heard of Burning Man? And I said, yeah. <laughs> he goes, you want to go to Burning Man? And I was like, well, I don't have any money at all. And he goes, no, nah, don't worry. I just got an inheritance from, from my, my parents. Um, and uh, I'll pay for you. You can go. And so I had these kind of cool adventures. And then it was, uh, it was like, okay, after I'd done that for a little bit, I, it, I really wanted to get into chiropractic and do it. So I went over and I stayed with Jay. I went and uh, you know hung out with him, saw his practice for a little bit. And then it was when I was in Colorado that I got the call. There's a job opportunity in Barcelona. And so things slowly, 
which really moved me towards Barcelona. Wow. And when was that? How long have you been in Barcelona for now? Oh, it's been 19 years. Wow. 19 years. Wow. So, yeah, I spent about a year having that sort of, you know, wild and adventurous first year out of school. And then I've been here and and I got to Barcelona and things just started rolling, you know, when you're on and things are just happening and you feel inspired and business is working and relationships are working. And it was, it was fun. Barcelona is a fun place to be as a young man. Yeah. Um, I think it's a fun place to be at any time, but I can imagine it's especially fun when you, uh, it's a, it's especially fun as a young single guy in Barcelona. It was like, oh my God, what have I been doing with my life? Um, <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. Um, but a chiropractic was always my focus and and uh, it, it really my first true love, I would say, in chiropractic. Yeah. And it's been um it's been uh just such a wild journey, man. It's been it's been something I had a you know, I had a I had I think that as chiropractors, I don't know exactly how it works, but we have this sort of thermostat kind of set point where we're sort of comfortable at energetically and in our practice and like what we can see comfortably. And, and so for some people that's, you know, might be less than a hundred visits a week. And some people it may be a thousand visits a week. And, uh, and I got very busy, very busy, very fast. And I was just able to sustain high volume as a young chiropractor. And, uh, yeah, until I was able to sustain it until I wasn't. Yes. And that, that was pretty dramatic, not sustaining it too. Did, it was very, yeah, it was. You, are you okay to, to share kind of what yeah. happened with you across that journey? Yeah, I was, so I was full on, uh, I was doing high volume. I was doing, um, oh, 500 visits a week for a long time. And then um, that was okay, but it, it was the way that I was doing it. I don't think it was the number that was the issue. It wasn't that it was 500 a week. It was the, the way I was doing it in kind of an internal state. and. Um, and the way that I was being while I was doing it. And I would pressure myself. I'd put all kinds of pressure on myself, very big perfectionist. And when people would quit care, I would take it so personally. And um, it was that, it was a relationship. I was married at the time. Marriage wasn't going that good. I was involved with um, Spanish chiropractic politics and then helping the Barcelona chiropractic college get started. So it was very, very, very busy. And uh, yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't looking after myself as I should. And created all that pressure. There's a sort of internal pressure buildup on the inside that I wasn't letting out and it just created sickness and disease. And yeah, I had got cancer and, uh, was, was in a very, very rough, rough state, you know, for, for a while I had to sell my practice, got out of all of those things that I was doing. And it really forced me to reset, you know, recalibrate, you know, what, what do I want? What am I doing? Yeah. And so how long were you sort of out of practice while you got your health back on track? Uh, I took about a year. Let's see. I took, yeah, it was about exactly a year. And then, um, yeah. And then when I felt good, good enough, and I felt like I was getting strong again, it was, it may sound weird, Martin, but it felt like a rebirth experience. It was like, I was given a second opportunity and um, I came back and it was, it was weird, man. Like every day I would wake up in the morning and I just had this energy, this, this gratitude and, uh, energy for life that I have not experienced since. And it, it lasted for a few months and it was, it was, it was outstanding. Uh, and actually I wasted that. I think I wasted a lot of that really good energy because I was free. I was like, Oh my God, I'm free. I'm back. I got my health back. I'm single again. I moved down to the South of Spain and, uh, and I, I just partied like crazy. I partied like crazy and, and I would go out and I don't know if this is a podcast for this, but, um, but I, 
it's like I was given all this energy because it was, I'm not sure exactly how it worked, but I think because I've been through all the medical route and the chemotherapy and all this toxic stuff that, uh, that when I was finally okay and I went out and I was just having fun and partying and stuff, I didn't have a, I, I had no hangovers like for a year, no hangovers at all. Wow. I would go out and I was going crazy. I don't do this anymore. I was going crazy, staying up, not sleeping. Nope, no hangovers at all. And, uh, I know. Yeah, and I that's... had something to do with just the, the, the chemotherapy being so strong and, <laughs> and compared to this, it's like, this is alcohol. This is nothing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> your liver was just like, oh, this is, I've been, I've been training for the last year. I'm, I'm super pumped liver that uh, can deal with this stuff with no issue. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I was down there, I was in Malaga um, and I worked uh, just the power of intention. I know that you're, you know how it works, Martin, but the, yeah. the clearer that you are on something and the less obstruction there is, the faster it comes into your life. Right. Yeah. And so when I finished and I'd finished the chemotherapy and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, I went to this John D. Martini seminar and, um, and I was there with Patrick and Boyce and every friends of us, we just, of, of mine, we went to the seminar and I remember talking to John and just saying, I don't really know what I want to do. I know I want to help people, but I don't, don't know exactly what my life's going to look like. And he's like, well, what do you, what is it? And he just helped me asked a few questions and moved me along. And I was like, Oh, I want to help people. I want to help. I want to keep adjusting people. And I want to help chiropractors in some way be more successful. And, but I just want to work a couple of afternoons a week in the, in the practice, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I get back from that seminar and literally a week later, I, I'm, uh, I get a call from my friend. She's in Malaga. And, she, and I said, Oh, and one of the things I want to be somewhere warm because it was at this point, it was, it was October and it was getting cold. She's in Malaga in the south of Spain where it's always warm. And she yeah. called me. She said, hey, crazy, crazy idea. Why don't you come down to work, work with me? I had an associate wow. just quit. And why don't you come down? And she's just like, yeah, you could just come work a couple of days a week and it'll leave you free to do whatever other projects you want to do. And, and uh, it fell right in my lap. Oh, and so you were down. How long were you down in Malaga for? I was in Malaga for two years. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I was there and, and uh and it was great. And it was really, like I said, had a great time, um, zero hangovers. And, and I was in practice too and having a, having a great time and adjusting people again and doing it differently this time. Yeah. Um, no pressure there, just kind of being in the moment, enjoying it and not being attached to, you know, what happened or didn't happen. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I haven't really talked about this other part, but I don't know, it might be interesting, but uh, I think that we get lessons in life based on where we're the most rigid and where we need to learn. And yeah. I had been, yeah, and I, I've been very rigid about, about chiropractic and being my identity. It was, I was this principal chiropractor, you know? And so, um, and I was very, very rigid with it. And I, like I said, I had all this kind of pressure about being perfect and doing it right. And so I think that the universe served me up the perfect, uh, the perfect situation to learn, you know, and so another can, area that I, gosh, so were yeah. you meaning like just you were super rigid, like it has to be this way. I'm this warrior for the purity of the chiropractic principle yes. and uh, yes. that sort of holding on tight to uh, the things that are other people's decisions. And so then the universe has gone, yes. all right, here you go, have cancer and see how tightly, how is that kind of the dynamic that you perceive? It is. There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. A, a friend of mine, she had, uh, she had cancer. And I remember being very judgmental. I didn't say it to her, but I remember telling my ex-wife, like, I would never do chemotherapy. I would never do this and do that. Yeah. And being super judgmental. And then 
you just realize like, no, we don't know. We actually don't know. So um, I don't know. It helped me to really loosen up in yeah. certain ways. And, um, but the other area where I was really, really tight was around money. Okay. Yeah. And so, and I was really tight and it was like, it wasn't like I was tight, like I wouldn't spend it, but I was just, I had this sort of rigidity around money as well. And so in Malaga, I won't get into the whole story, but in Malaga, uh, I ended up getting into business with someone I shouldn't trusting somebody that I shouldn't have. And I ended up losing everything plus oh. having tons of debt. And it was just right after I'd recovered from cancer. So it was, uh, oh. it was like two big ones right in a row. And that is actually where I was in a very, very good place financially. And I got wiped out. That was 2015. And then I moved back to Barcelona. And wow. that's where Patrick and I, that's where Patrick and I did our very first Centropy seminar. It wasn't called Centropy at the time. And we did our first seminar together. Wow. That's amazing. Because I think I met you in 2017 or 2018. And I know yep. Uh, yep. Patrick had said, that you'd been back for a couple of years, and I, but I hadn't sort of pieced yes. all that together. Wow, what a journey. Yeah. Well, and it was this bankrupting and being finding myself 600,000 euros in debt and <gasps> then being like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, bad, bad decisions. Wow, <laughs> bad ouch, decisions. ouch. And, uh, and so I said, well, what am I going to do? And I said, well, I, I know and love chiropractic and I know that I go, if I go to Barcelona, I can build a practice real easily. And then that's what I felt. I felt called, like it's time to go back and, and, um, and lessons learned, you know, go back with the lessons learned and integrated and now be a new man and leave that behind you and pay your debts off and find, find a way to make some money to pay your debts off and uh, make people whole. And, um, and, and then from there, it very beautifully came together. We didn't plan this. And all of a sudden, Centropy has become, you know, since 2016 or 15, it's become slowly what it's become. Yeah. because i was driven back up there to uh yeah pretty crazy huh yeah and so now yours you're practicing in barcelona and i think we were talking just before that you're practicing there mm -hmm. with uh another chiropractor as well but from discussions that we've had it sounds like you've got a much kind of freer style you know very much based on exposing people to the potential for the, the big picture of chiropractic, but it sounds like that's something that you're presenting as a gift rather than a tightly held, shove this down your throat and you take it or, or else we're both, <laughs> both going to be upset kind of thing. Yes, 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 yes. And your work, uh, Martin, help, has helped me a lot. Um, it's just beautiful. Some of the concepts that you teach and in that seminar that I was at when you came to yeah. Barcelona and it was just so great. It was so refreshing and seeing, oh, there's a different way to do this. And um yeah, and I use a lot of what you teach today. Um, yeah, and, oh, thank you. And it's it's beautiful. Yeah, and um, I think of you every single time I have a new patient because I'm always trying. I transition from our conversation to there's two parts to the problem, and every <laughs> single time I say there's two parts to the problem, <laughs> you pop into my head. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and yes, so thank you. That is my pleasure. Two parts to the problem. It's one of those things where. When people just, I think it's one of the, the simplest ways to present chiropractic in a, yeah, it's okay if you have this vision, this mechanistic vision of why you're here and it opens them up to that bigger picture just so early. So yeah, I love it. I love it. It does. Um, yeah. And, and it, and it, it, it is, if I may just for one second, you're right. It's, it's a practice now it's, it, it's practice is different now where 
do I look at numbers and statistics? Do we have KPIs and goals and things? Yeah, we do. But it's the energy and the inner, it's kind of our inner state, like who we're being when this is all happening. And if you don't hit a goal or it's not going the way we want it, or you get a few no's in a row, it's not personal. It's just, okay, it is what it is. And let's look at what we can do better. And, and, and but let's enjoy it because yeah. you may have 200 people coming this week and three of them are not happy. Why yeah. do we have to focus on them? Let's focus on the other 197. Just yeah. enjoy them and love them. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah, I think a really important perspective. So we've mentioned a few names along the way, but who would you say uh, have been your biggest chiropractic influences along the journey? Well, Jake Merrick for sure. So, he, and I don't know if I, I, I finished that, but he's like one of the top animal chiropractors. He had life adjusted, but he's still a very, he still adjusts people. And um, he's 70 something years old. He's been in practice, I think for 48 years, just yeah. a real, just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And what I think, what I love about Jay is that he combines the, um, he combines the energetic with the mechanical so well yeah. and is, and expresses it and communicates it so powerfully and it's eloquent and it's beautiful yeah. Um, so he's probably my top, you know, my top chiropractic influence. Um, when I, have you met Jay? Yes. Yes. I met him at, okay. uh, at a, a life wave, at life West wave cool. some years ago. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another guy who was a very, very big influence, especially when I was going through school and an early chiropractor was Arno Brunier. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We've you know, mentioned Arno him on the podcast before, but, um, he uh, teaches or taught MLS making love to the spine seminars, which, yeah, yes. uh, I think comes from a similar perspective as far as reverence for the art and adjusting, um, and but you know has a different I guess sort of flavor on it than you guys do would be the way that I might describe yes. it. Yeah, um, Arno was was one of my main um, influences and mentors, and uh, he was the first. That- his seminar was the first seminar I ever went to. It was like three weeks into school. Wow. Um, yeah. And I had no, I obviously no idea what I was doing, um, but it was great. And I remember he adjusted me and I was just, I was lit up and blown away. Like, Oh my God, what was that? I was so different than what I'm used to getting. And then being around him, he has a, you know, like he had much more of a militant, uh, like <laughs> an angry father that you wanted to please, you know, yeah. and do things perfect. So you'd kind of be tight around him, but he was so inspiring at the same time because it is, it's the reverence for the adjustment. And it's the, by the way, he's lightened up a lot yeah, <laughs> as he's yeah. gotten older, um, but it's the reverence. And um, we learned, you know, I said, we, Patrick and I both learned a lot from Arno and, um, and yeah, the training, this idea of a training culture and training it like a professional. And he asked, he asked me the very, very first day there at that seminar, he said, do you want to be a master? Or do you want to be mediocre? You know, and he, he talked about, do you want to be the Michael Jordan of chiropractic? And, yeah. and that lit me up but from the inside out. Like, yeah, I want, I don't want to be mediocre to anything in my life, especially this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All yeah. right. So we've got Jay, yeah, we've got cool. Arno. Any other big influences for you chiropractically? Um, you know, who is a, was a very, very big influence um, when she was alive was Sue Brown. Yeah. Um, she was amazing. She had a, you know, just such a different approach, unique approach to chiropractic and while we were never personally close, um, I did a lot of, you know, her seminars and work and was very much influenced by her um, as so well just, as Lou Corletto. So yeah. just um, to double click on that. So Sue Brown was the developer of uh, BGI. So biogeometric integration, I think, yeah. I hope I'm not butchering that. That's it. 
Um, and uh, she uh, sort of had a has developed an approach that um, looks, I guess I might actually get you to describe it, given that I haven't done that much of her work, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, no, it's, I haven't since school either, but um, yeah. a lot of the things that, that I, that I, the biggest thing that I took away from her work, I, I'm not going to try to really explain it too much because I would butcher it, but the biggest yeah. thing I took away is um, tone Yeah. and it's a, a subtle, subtle palpation and it's the, um, yeah, it's, it's feeling beyond going beyond, let me push around here and see if I can feel yeah. where there's restricted motion, but it's yeah. taking more of a global approach and feeling tone in the body yeah. and feeling tone. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it, it, you increase sensitivity. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then, uh, uh, Lou Corletto was a yeah. big influence, um, masterful adjuster. And then Stu Bittman was one of my big mentors going through yeah. school and I still really enjoy Stuart as well. Stu's a good yeah. man. Yeah, Stu's great. Stu's been on the podcast as well. He's a really cool guy. Um, also from, is he's Northern California, isn't he, as well? Yes, he yeah. Tahoe. Yeah. yeah, he's from Northern California. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that there's there's a couple things that, that I think might be cool to chat with you about. And one of them is the, okay, can we talk about influence, right? And, and helping people, helping influence people to make, a great like to make a better decision in their life to do something great for themselves that they might not do yeah and um specifically specifically you know through chiropractic and maybe starting a care plan or starting to be to yeah. get under chiropractic care and it's the um how do we influence people and it's through words but it's also it's through our words and what we say but also yeah. how we say it yeah. and it's our presence and our energy wouldn't you agree with that? Martin? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's that, there's that cliche that, you know, 93% of communication is nonverbal and, you know, there's arguments about maybe that's a little bit overstated, but the bottom line is there is a hundred percent true that you can, for instance, people can use the same template for two parts to the problem and get different results because of, their energy, their, their just the way they are when they're communicating that a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. It's the presence. You know how, when we teach um, it adjusting, we talk about the very base of what we teach is called dropping in and yeah. it's becoming being present, basically just stopping, slowing down, not talking while you're touching somebody, just being there present in the moment and you can become more perceptive. You know, you can yeah. feel more. And if you have a, a calm cohesive presence, then people are generally going to feel better around you. And it will be much easier for you to influence them in that way yeah. as well. And, sure. um, and it's something we can train. I think that a lot of people hear that go, yeah, that sounds really airy fairy. What are you talking about? Like your presence and energy and subtle energies and stuff like that. But it's something that can be trained, you know, yeah. and um, just like going to the gym and training your body, we can train dropping in and getting our nervous system coherent. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the the way that you do that, and if I, I hope I'm not, you know, telling anything that shouldn't be said outside the seminar, but the way that you train ah, people go to go through the routine of that, I think is really profound. And uh, you look at it in terms of the, if you look at most of the ideas around high performance, if you look at, you know, uh, Mihaly, Csikszentmihalyi's idea of flow, flow requires... Mm -hmm 
essentially a challenge, something that's challenging that is just at the edge of your skill set, which is kind of what you're aspiring to do from a technique perspective, but it also requires a level of focus, which the culture that we live in is making, training us to the opposite. We're being trained to be interrupted by mobile phones. We're getting these shorter and shorter little blips of information and average attention span is going down. So if you don't do something active to retrain your nervous system to be able to focus, you're you're never going to be able to have that elevated state. You're never going to be able to perform at that high level. You need to have that routine of being and practice at it, at being deliberately in a state of focus and deliberately in a state of extra row perception. Like I want to be connected to the environment around me and what's going on with these people that I'm taking care of. Exactly. Yeah, it's very, very well said, Martin. It's, and also people, so we as chiropractors, we're, addicted to these things as well yeah. and you know we're just we're just normal people we just happen to have this incredible profession we do and and yeah. if we're not careful about uh about that about being drawn into the just constant uh distraction from technology then then there's no way we can drop in and if we're not dropped in and present because the idea is we want to be have a coherent energy and be dropped in so that others are trained to us and you can yeah. lead that way Okay. And so, if we don't do that, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, maybe you were probably actually just about to explain a little bit more how that might work. So I was just making sure that people were across what you mean by your sort of making sure you're coherent so people can connect to that. Okay. So this may sound odd if you haven't heard of this kind of stuff before, but it's really not. It's um, if you look in, in examples in nature, there's something called a primary oscillator, which just yeah. basically it's a frequency, right? There's a frequency of oscillation. Yes. And um, if you see uh, women who spend any amount of time together, say a group of women who spend time together, either at the workplace or uh, convent or prison or whatever it might be, that their cycles or menstrual cycles will start to yes. synchronize. And everybody, yeah. you know, has heard of that. Well, they're synchronizing. Someone is the primary oscillator and they're synchronizing to someone or something. Yes. Now, and, um, or if you look at it like a grandfather clocks, if you have a bunch of grandfather clocks in the same room and there's this oscillation of the, the pendulum, right? The biggest clock with the biggest swing, yeah. the biggest pendulum, the others are going to synchronize to that as well. And so there's this thing of, uh, uh, of entrainment and yeah. synchronicity and synchronizing. And if we don't have a clear and coherent energy and we're a mess and we walk into the practice and we're a mess and it happens to all of us from time to time. And uh, oh, hey there! And uh, <laughs> that, that's and, my dog just then, affirming the, the natural truth of everything that you're saying there. <laughs> is it so into it? Yeah. Um, is that uh, if we're off, then others will lead us. Yeah, and the idea is you're coming into a space and you're holding a space as the leader and you're helping bring people across that bridge, you know. Yeah. And if we're not consistently, consciously working on that and being coherent and clear then we can say all the right things, but people are not going to hear it and they're not going to listen and they're not going to follow. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Is that clear? Yeah, absolutely. And just if I can um, chime in there a little bit, one of the things that I find really interesting there is this idea of when we're looking at influence and there's often this sort of within chiropractic, one of the things that I really try to push back against is this idea that, you know, you just tell the story and that, 
Um, you know, if you look at your area, your rigid era, and I had a similar rigid era when I first started chiropractic, where I felt like it was my job to force a particular ideology down people's throats. And, um, and but it was almost like the way that you get your message across is with sort of force. And, you know, we might call it passion, but it was really this sort of almost forcing something to happen. And then you look at people who are really able to create a societal change and you look at people like Martin Luther King or uh, Gandhi or uh, Mother Teresa or a bunch of other people where they have this much quieter sort of charisma to them. And I think, you know, Barack Obama is another person, regardless of where you're coming from politically, he was somebody who wasn't loud and rambunctious. They were all people who had that sort of quiet certainty and attunement to what they were about. But also then that was a magnetic thing. There were people who were automatically, it was it's when people are very coherent, both in what they are communicating is in line with their core of who they are, and they are attuned to the environment in a way that they're very present, that is, does have that impact where your communication, you can say only a few words, but they have a real gravity to them. Whereas if you're super scattered and shouting and all this kind of stuff, it's very dissipated energy. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's the less is more phenomenon. Yeah. I, I think it happens with adjusting. It happens with the communication. I remember somebody a long time ago said, uh, how do you, what they say, what do you say if you want to sell? What do you tell somebody if you want to sell them something? Yeah. And this is before, this was a long, long, long time ago. And, and I remember I was just blown away because the guy said, you don't tell them anything. You ask questions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the people don't care about your story. People care about themselves and what's yeah. going on. They care about what's in it for me. And I think that's where your work, Martin, is very, very good because you get right to it. And what is it that's in it for them? You know, communicating in a way that's to their values, not to your values. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. good stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And I think I love that. That's sort of one of the things I really appreciate about the model that you guys are using is that you put that... Uh, right at the base of your hierarchy that the idea of dropping in that first of all you have to be present that if you want to elevate this both as a physical act and beyond being a physical just a physical act the first step actually has to come with where you are that you need to have that dropped in I'm in my body I'm in this space and I'm also connected and available to all the information that this other person's body is trying to communicate to me about what's going on and have that sort of focused awareness of how that interaction between myself and them is going both in the analysis and then the adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's a wild thing, but the more uh, experience that I have and (laughs) The more dropped in and magnetic you become, then the less you need to say, the less you need to do, and the less needy that you are. You know, yeah. when you need someone to do something, you need someone to start care, to continue, yeah. you need someone to get good results because it's about you. But when you stop making it about you, when we stop making it about us and we start making it about the person that's there, all of a sudden it's 
and you're working on these things that we just talked about, it, it flows to you more naturally. You, you really, you said it, you, um, you activate the magnet, you know, and yeah. the, the more magnetic you become, then others just want to be around you. And they might not even understand why, but they just know they like it. They like the feeling and they want to yeah. do it and they want to bring others. Yeah. And I think it's, if you've ever, even if we take something completely outside of chiropractic, if you go to a hairdresser, who's distracted and talking to other people around you and isn't really, you know, is cutting your hair. It just doesn't feel as nice an experience. You also don't have that confidence in, I mean, I, I might end up looking pretty shitty here because are you, if you just look, are you going to do as good a haircut if you're focused on it compared to, and so much. So then if you add on top of it, if you, if we are serious about, the science and the philosophy of chiropractic and the potential that we have to impact people's lives and their nervous systems and their connection between them and a greater uh, power or what, however you want to perceive it, whichever level of that you're, you're perceiving things. Bottom line is if you're more focused, you're going to be doing a better job of it. That's it. Very, very, very well said. Yeah. And I think one other thing that I really appreciate about the way that you get people to go through almost a routine. Like if we, here in Australia, a lot of the, the best AFL footballers, if they're taking a set shot for a goal in AFL, they have a set routine. Every, they have a, a series of steps that they go through before they do that act so that they're, they've practiced it over and over again. They're not leaving it up to chance and how they're feeling on the day, or maybe I'll try one of these. There's a set routine that they know is going to deliver a high probability of a good result. And one of the challenges that I had early on in practice was I found that idea that I think it was a Parker um, idea of um, present time consciousness. A lot of chiropractors would say, you know, the secret to their success was having a focus on present time consciousness. And it was like, that sounds like a good idea, but how? And I think that it's a very practical thing that you do of giving people here are cues that you can set for yourself to trigger that change in state to say, all right, I'm, yeah, I've just come in from the world and I've had my phone and I've got all these other things in my life of family and friends and bills and other obligations. And now isn't the moment for it. I need to have a quick way of training my nervous system to go, all right, no, we need to focus and pay attention to this. And that's because this is an important thing and it's going to have more impact if I, if I go through the discipline of that. Yeah, hundred percent, Martin. Yeah, because me too, same. And, and people talk about, oh, you need to be present. You need to be present, have present time consciousness. And how, well, how the hell do you do that? That sounds mm -hmm. great, but how, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it really came, a lot of this came from outside of the profession stuff, you know, having gone and trained with um, people who do, who train high level athletes, like yeah. you were saying, these, these football players, Aussie football players, but then which we, Patrick and I went and trained with this guy who trains Olympic athletes and, yeah. um, and got, you know, got into his head and thought, well, how can we apply this to chiropractic, you know, and then going through, I'm really into meditation. I love Joe Dispenza yeah. and uh, a lot of his stuff and these concepts that you can kind of bring into Giving somebody, uh, you know, we spend more time on it in the seminars, but when you're in your practice, what's a five second thing you can do to get grounded and centered? Because you don't have yeah. 20 minutes to go meditate in between each patient. No. You got five seconds. How can you get right back on it? And so we'll go through these physical cues and things you can do that anchor you to that state. Yeah. Yeah. That's super powerful. 
Um, yeah. So in terms then, we've spoken about some of the influences that you've had in, in the chiropractic realm and some of them, I guess, sort of outside of chiropractic. Are there any other life influences that have informed the way that you go about things? Uh, there's one of the very, very, very influential person is uh, this guy, Juanjo Vasquez. He's, um, okay. he's here in Barcelona. And he's a, he's a coach and a counselor and a, he's a pastor, actually, in a church. But he doesn't have any online presence whatsoever. Uh, he doesn't need to. He's got this huge waiting list. And uh, I met him when I was sick and I was in the hospital and he came through a friend and he came to the hospital and started chatting with me. And that's how I met the guy. And I've been seeing him for, uh, God, it's been 10 years now. And uh, I go see him on a regular basis. It's kind of like, I don't know, therapy, but not really. He's a coach and he's, he's about performance and he's about mental uh, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional performance. And so, um, he's probably, he's been one of my biggest influences. Um, and no one would know the guy. <laughs> wow. Um, That's yeah. They're very special. Cause I love seminars. I love Tony Robbins and I love doing, um, you know, these big events and, and getting pumped up and having business strategies and personal growth strategies and, and, and Joe Dispenza. And, and I love, I, I love all these guys. And, um, but the thing is, is if I had to just choose one thing, it would be seeing somebody on a regular basis that's sustainable, yeah. um, that knows you and knows how to get the very best out of you. Yeah. yeah. And that's this guy. That's cool. I hadn't, I have not heard yeah. of him. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah. He's not famous at all. He's just famous. Yeah. Uh, he's not even famous anywhere. People in Barcelona just know him because he's great. He sees tons of chiropractors in Barcelona and helps yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a good dude. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, listen, thank you so much for sharing your journey and uh, all the lessons learned along the way. It's been a really, uh, I think, sort of interesting and valuable discussion. There's a lot of things that I, I feel like you can take out of today to apply in practice tomorrow. And uh, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you do in elevating chiropractic and really helping chiropractors be able to fulfill their potential. I think the work that you do is just phenomenal and I really appreciate the energy and, uh, and work that you put in to elevating the experience every time people come to learn from you. So thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, Martin, thank you so much. Yeah, I feel the same. I love the work you're doing and um, it's awesome. So thank you so much. And just seeing chiropractors get better, it's, it's super fulfilling. I know that's true for you as well. If you liked today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content, which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.